Happy New Year's, y'all. Trying to feel good and pumped up entering 2021. You know what? Hey, you know what? Bring that music back. Let's fucking jam some more. Yes. Yes! Welcome to Sound and Strain with Ryan Cano, and I am indeed your host, Ryan Cano. Sound and Strain delivers the best sounds in music and the freshest strains in cannabis nearly every single week. Lately, it's been every other week. That's just how it goes, y'all. Everybody in my fucking neighborhood is getting their roof replaced right now. So where I would be recording my podcast regularly uh, took a rainy ass day in Austin for me to be able to do. So here we fucking go. If you like discussions around the music and entertainment industry, discussions around pop culture, movies, TV shows, discussions on cannabis, cannabis products, and the cannabis industry, well, guess fucking what? You came to the right podcast. Sound and Strain with Ryan Cano is the pod for you. Go ahead and follow or subscribe to this show right now before we get this thing started. I'll wait. Are are you done? Okay, you guys ready? Let's go. I know you guys are fucking tired of hearing it. And listen, I'm tired of living in it, but... Over here in Travis County, which is where Austin, Texas is, we're just at a critical juncture. Uh, I mean, at, we're at that critical juncture locally and nationwide, it seems. But uh, in Austin, Texas and Travis County, we are in stage five orders for COVID-19. Uh, what the fuck that exactly means? I'm not 100% sure, to be honest, other than they are strongly suggesting you stay the fuck home if you can and avoid all gatherings outside your immediate household. You know, between our 11 area hospitals, I believe there's like 34 or less ICU beds left. And so, I mean, by the time you're hearing this, probably less. So shit is about to get really scary here locally. I mean, it's largely our governor's fault and our government's fault. We should be paying people to stay home and not work. Seriously, we can afford it. If other countries can offer sustained support, ongoing support, you know, to the tune of like 80% plus of your work salary, then we sure as fuck can. But at the end of the day, we have given citizens during a, you know, hopefully once in a century pandemic, $1,800 in stimulus money to help pay people through nine, ten months of this pandemic. I mean, we really pay these goddamn senators our tax money for them to debate if they should then pay us back our own tax money to support us. I mean, nothing that we're experiencing has right now has been experienced, at least in America, in over 100 years. So they're literally paid with money we pay in taxes every year. And then they debate back whether they should give us $600 or a one-time $2,000 fee. I mean... Give us the $2,000 check. What the fuck? Just paying people our money so they can debate if we deserve our money back. Like, that's that's the summary of it all. The fuck? Uh, anyhow, the city of Austin, you know, 
through New Year's Eve. They had uh, banned dine-in services at restaurants, clubs, live music venues between the hours of 10.30 p.m. and 6 a.m. So, you know, uh, Travis County followed suit, and this killed what was supposed to be any sort of New York, you know, New Year's Eve party gathering. And, you know, thank God they did something. And that that, that was the right choice. Uh, the hard choice, but the right choice. And the city made that. Of course, the state of Texas Attorney General dumbass Ken Paxton challenged the ordinance, and that motherfucker lost in court because he's a dumb motherfucker. Fuck Ken. But, you know, many of the clubs and restaurants in the city still stayed open. They were just like, we're just going to pay the $1,000 fine as a part of doing business. And, you know, fuck. I mean, these are all super spreader events with motherfuckers shouting down 10 to 1 for Happy New Year's. Shouting at everybody, 10, 9, 8, then hurrah. I hope everybody was masked, but you know that shit wasn't like that. So if we had did all the hard work, as in, you know, all of us, much like New Zealand or South Korea, and, you know, then we could be enjoying New Year's Eve parties without masks and without worry. But that's not what happened here in the United States. So we need to stay home, avoid mass gatherings still of any kind, including inside restaurants. And, you know, as a guy who one time very recently made a good portion of his income producing concerts, this is the right choice. And I know it. I think we all instinctively know it. So stay the fuck home. Uh, Listen to podcasts. You know, don't share your air with anyone outside your immediate household. Remember that phrase to keep you safe. Don't share your air. Wear a mask when you're out. Wash your hands regularly and sanitize them. That's all I really got for you guys. I really want you guys to be safe. So anyhow, looking forward to seeing a video leaking of, you know, Austin Mayor Adler partying with a group of people at midnight in Mexico without a mask. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, That's going to be pretty local anyways. So uh, yeah, Mitch McConnell killed any vote for that $2,000 stimulus check. Probably killed it just because the idea, you know, an addendum came from the Democrats and he won't agree to anything from the Democrats and, you know, also because it would actually fucking help people, especially people in Kentucky. Like, what the fuck? So anyway, 600 bucks is on the way, which is what, like maybe half, maybe a third of your rent, maybe a quarter of your rent or your mortgage. I mean, 600 bucks isn't nothing, but it ain't going to stimulate shit. I mean, let's be real. Just to let you know, in case you didn't, you don't need to sign up for the, you know, the new stimulus check. If you got one before, you're going to get one again. So, you know, personally here, here's hoping those dumb fucks don't mail my check to my neighbor again, but we'll see. Speaking of Mitch McConnell, last night, Georgia just elected two Democratic senators. Uh, I think one race as of me recording right now isn't quite called, uh, but it's looking like it's going to go that way. And that's going to dethrone Mitch McConnell's grasp on the Senate. So that means we now have a Democratic president, a Democratic Senate, and a Democratic House. So, you know, fuck Mitch McConnell. Hope that guy just fades into obscurity and then just, you know, just has to live with the stupid-ass legacy he left on this country. So part of the new COVID-19 relief package includes relief for the Save Our Stages Act, doling out $15 billion in relief for venues, clubs, theaters, and more. I mean, it remains to be seen if the firemen will show up before the house burns down, but relief may come just in time uh, before many were about to call it quits. And I, you know, and I've said here, you know, on this you know podcast before, but 
Venues and theaters are a special sector of business. They're amplifiers of culture. They amplify art and sound. So this is good news for a section of our industry that has yet to be open since March 2020. I mean, close to 10 months close now. So here's hoping, you know, the relief money comes in very soon and hoping the debts can be paid and doors can stay open. I fear, though, that this help will maybe just pay off some back rent, but we'll still see businesses close. I think this year is just going to be a big transition year. I'm not sure big gatherings are going to come back until we reach a certain amount of a vaccinated population. And the the vaccination rollout under Trump so far has been a fucking nightmare. I mean, we're going to have millions of doses of vaccines expire. There was just a news program in Austin locally about how a regional clinic here had a bunch of doses that were going to expire and one person ended up you know getting a shot along with like a flu shot and then word of mouth spread through the community and then there was of course like the performative guilt that some people were displaying like you know should i feel guilty that i got this before you know a frontline worker or maybe a senior citizen but i think the overriding feeling was like listen this stuff was expiring it's going to be thrown away so we can either use it or don't and you used it so good for you you know for not letting this expire that really just shows how long it's probably going to take for any sort of like uh, normal concert situation to come back. We're just not really doing this right so far. There needs to be an aggressive vaccination rollout and do it like they did, you know, back in the days of during like smallpox. Uh, You know, in like New York City during 1947, they vaccinated uh, 5 million people in two weeks alone. How can we be so much worse at this shit 75 years later? It's... It's insane, and herd immunity just seems unlikely at best, so we need to vaccinate basically every single human in the United States, you know, regardless of citizenship or health insurance. If we're just really trying to serve our citizens and our economy, that's what we do, but we tend to only focus on saving work and creating unnecessary victims along the way. We don't think about ways that we could retool, you know, in areas to help people stay alive. I mean, like, what about paying bars that are closed? becoming COVID-19 vaccination sites. I mean, just just start giving everyone a dose. I mean, please. This really should not be hard. This is wild. We are just so, just so fucking dumb sometimes and just ineffective and inefficient. It just, just really drives me nuts. I have no idea, you know, personally where I am in the order of being able to get the vaccine. I think with my autoimmune illnesses and some of the medicines I'm on that suppress my immune system, uh, I think it's sooner than the general population, but I don't really fucking know. I mean, I called my primary care doctor doctor this week and they didn't really know what's up they're just kind of waiting on the cdc uh there is a map if you google it there's a map that shows you who has the vaccines in your area i noticed a few grocery stores uh in the area uh, heb had the moderna vaccine and hey man i'm ready to get that shit uh, i know i'll still have to wear a mask once you get that but i'll have a lot less nerves uh quite frankly once that when i get the vaccine you know i could really use a few notches turned down when it comes to my general anxiety so yeah the vaccine i'm ready to take that shit and you know besides safety from covid19 that peace of mind fuck man i mean that peace of mind is really hard to quantify and i know the vaccine will just do that for me on a personal level it'll just make me feel you know more mentally calm about all this stuff vaccine guys bring it on all right Let's do some quick movie reviews before we get into Strain Talk. Like many of you, over the Christmas break, I watched 
WW84, aka Wonder Woman 1984. In fact, I watched the first Wonder Woman early in the Christmas day and fell asleep. And then that evening I watched WW84, the sequel, and then fell asleep. Uh, I ended up watching, uh, you know, the sequel WW84 a second time just to see what I missed when I was asleep and... Uh, Jesus Christ, man, that, that, that movie was a mess. Uh, the first thing I noticed before I even started the movie was that this shit was two hours and 24 minutes long. Why? 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 Uh, why are movies so fucking long these days? Give me a tight 100 minutes for the big blockbusters. 90 minutes if it's some sort of like narrative-driven film. Uh, this movie drags like crazy. The action scenes are actually pretty boring too, in my opinion. Positives, uh, and I, this is no surprise to anyone, you see her, uh, Gal Gadot is just, just so fine. She is just out of this world, stunningly beautiful woman, and she is as terrible an actor as Arnold Schwarzenegger was when he first started. So uh, take that for what you will. Anyhow, uh, I just found it, the movie, just long and boring could easily cut an hour off this film like easily maybe more and it would still probably be a mess also you know cool for you if you found the first uh wonder woman movie awesome but i found it to be a pretty terrible movie too just gonna assume that most comic book films are really not for me just how that is but this movie uh you know not good want to watch something really good in terms of movies i got one for you how about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is airing on Netflix? This is Chadwick Boseman's last performance, and it is one hell of a performance. The role Chadwick plays requires him to really act all over that screen and just carry so many scenes. And he does. Big time. And I could see him winning an Oscar for this role. I mean, he is that good and uh actress viola davis who plays you know the real life blues pioneer gertrude ma rainey and she is just as brilliant acting in the lead role too her presence is really felt which is so important when showcasing as a band leader as the overriding ego amongst a room full of egotistical musicians what we get in this story is capturing ma rainey and her band on tour from georgia taking a stop in chicago to record music in a studio for a label i mean you believe her in this role you really really believe her she is ma rainey I mean, it, she's just brilliant. What we're seeing here in the film is is them going into a Chicago that is sweltering hot. It is just humid as fuck in the summer. This and and the recording sessions really just capture the rising heat throughout the day, and the tension just rises through the movie with the heat. The whole movie basically happens in the recording studio and is based on the session recording the song Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. We get struggles between the label. You know, struggles with the recording engineer, uh, struggles with the manager, struggles with Ma Rainey, Ma Rainey's band members, just intensity all around. When Ma Rainey is running late for her session or taking a Coca-Cola break, we see the backing band in the break room just cutting it up talking shit and showcasing their ambitions and shortcomings to each other and just showcasing their ego all over the place it's a you know it's a great snap you know snapshot of a moment in time the recording of a song and i give this movie a big five stars it's not a perfect film but it is very very good 
the length of the film is great. You know, the anxiety ratchet, you know, ratchets up at a really measured pace and you really get dropped into their world. Uh, the acting is stellar. The scenes of the backing band talking shit amongst each other really takes me back to hanging out in green rooms or at music festivals or really just in the studio with bands. It feels very, it feels very accurate. After the film, right at the time Netflix usually hits you up with a preview of some other shit, uh, what you get is a history of Ma Rainey and a making of the film of sorts. So you get a good history on Ma Rainey, uh, the so-called race records at the time, the juxtaposition of black artists being taken advantage of uh, with what is also the first entrance of black music in the greater music marketplace. So, you know, it's a fascinating subjects that are just explored all too briefly, really, but it does give you a deeper definition to the movie that you've just witnessed. You also get to see some, you know, scenes of Chadwick Boseman just hanging out, uh, you know, outside of shooting, you know, with other actors and you just see the deference that they've all sort of paid to him. The documentary is really good. The movie is great, so go watch that. If you watch WW84, that means you've most likely got HBO Max. Airing on HBO and HBO Max right now is the documentary The Bee Gees, How You Can Mend a Broken Heart. I want to say that my knowledge of the Bee Gees and their music was, and sort of remains as of right now, very limited. Uh, I do plan to change that and dive deeper really into their catalog now. But all I can really remember as a kid was that my dad really wasn't big into disco, and I think he only really knew of the Saturday Night Fever era Bee Gees. So we really didn't listen to the Bee Gees in, in my household growing up. I do remember though when I first moved to Austin, Texas, I met Johnny Gowdy who at the time was playing in a just newly signed to a major label uh, band called Gowdy. And you know, Johnny Gowdy right now actually has an excellent podcast called How Did I Get Here that you should all check out, especially if you love and are very curious about Austin, Texas. Uh, he has like a thousand plus episodes. It's, he's really consistent and really badass. Uh, anyhow, uh, Johnny uh, Gowdy had a friend named Spencer Gibb who was in a band called 54 Seconds. I believe the band was named that because a course needs to happen in a in the hit of a pop song at 54 seconds, which, you know, I guess was true back in when you were in that four minute four and a half minute area of a song. Uh, anyhow, Spencer Gibb is the son of Robin Gibb. So here was a Bee Gees related artist in Austin, Texas. Wow. Uh, and, and yet for some reason, even still with that sort of connection and seeing 54 seconds play a few times uh, living in Austin, I just really still never got on Napster back then and just took a deeper dive into the Bee Gees. For some reason, I just remained not very curious about them. And that's really my loss. That's a shame because their history and what they created musically is fascinating. The ways they changed as songwriters and really attached themselves to moments of sound and sonics that carry them to success and you know through several decades. They even took a break and or they broke up for several years at some point and it was kind of really when they were just sort of like in my estimation really becoming like young men with families you know hey got to take a break i assume uh, everybody does it's it's just too much of a transition but anyhow they 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 came back and you know that's the hardest fuck to do is you know the public typically moves on it's hard to re-enter that public sphere once you stop but they started up again and it was going pretty well uh anyhow the uh you know the documentary showcases the early days pre-disco days and, and then it follows the band to miami where they pick up the disco sound you know that miami sound machine disco sound 
sound of that era. And of course, we get the Bee Gees doing the soundtrack for a little movie called Saturday Night Fever. And that movie blew up beyond most people's expectations at the time, and that really just carried the band to superstardom. The Bee Gees story has as much tragedy as there is triumph, so it's really engaging as a doc, and you really learn a lot about them as a music group and, you know, about them a bit as a family. Plus, you really just get so much of their music along the way of them telling their story that it really just, it just jams almost the whole way. It's a good music doc. You know, my estimation to check out, especially if you want to mentally correlate disco songwriting to current pop hits, because current pop hits just take so much from that disco Miami Sound Machine era, uh, especially in production. So much from back then is still current now. It's a really good documentary to look at and, you know, learn about the Bee Gees. Uh, Highly recommended. Now, the best shit I've seen on TV in a long ass time is Warrior, which you can find on HBO Max or Cinemax. There's two seasons of this show so far, but it's basically a kung fu spaghetti western based upon Bruce Lee's writings. Uh, we follow Chinese immigration into San Francisco and basically get to see you know a really booming Chinatown around the 1929 area. So we follow Assam who impresses upon entry at the ports with his fighting skills. He joins the gang soon, and upon there we enter what is a super violent uh, drug and sex-fueled gangster story. The fight scenes are mostly martial arts with some occasional gunplay, and the gunplay is like six shooters, uh, sometimes rifles, but uh, this is a 100% adult show, and it's honestly nice to have a show that's not really trying to cater to everyone at the same time. It's very much what it is. I have a big affinity for gangster stories, scumbag stories, just violent shit. I love comedies, of course, as we I've talked about plenty of times on here, but you know, on the other side of that spectrum is the stories that come from the underground, and I love those underground stories. And what makes this show awesome is that it's a Chinese story. It's an immigration story about making your way and your space in America. And almost everyone on this big production TV show is Asian, which is seemingly groundbreaking for American TV as far as I can tell. So what you're watching feels relevant, vital, and most importantly, highly entertaining. This is really my favorite TV show I've seen in a while besides the comedy show, comedy documentary, How To with John Wilson, which is also on HBO as well. Anyhow, uh, Warrior is on HBO Max and Cinemax. Go watch that shit. It's so good. I just uh, breezed through two seasons and, you know, four or five nights of watching. It's just, man, it's so fucking good. Okay, now the moment you've been waiting on. Drummer, can I get a drum roll? Uh, hey, drummer, I said, can I get a drum roll? No? <sighs> All right. Uh, okay, strain of the week isn't even a strain. That's right. It's that salad bowl of shake that you've added to in a pile for at least the last six months, maybe even a year. It's your emergency stash you built up. Strains? Shit. Like 17 of them. It's post-Christmas. It's post-New Year's. You're broke. Your dispensary or your dealer is closed for holiday break. Huh? It- it's time to dip into your real savings. Your weed savings and let it carry you for a week or two save some cash that's it that shake from your several bags of the past the salad bowl that's the strains of the week all right that's it so it's a new year 
It is not a new me. It's the same old fucking me. But you know what I'm going to do? I am not going to do the same shit I did last year. That's how I'm going to make 2021 great. I thought I would play a song called Sunrise from My Education from their album Sunrise. And this is the sun rising on 2021 and the sun has already set on 2020. So let's make it as great a year as possible and we can all do that by making a great day every day we can. Take it easy on yourself. Seriously, y'all, give yourself a break. You are doing great amongst one of the strangest times in all of our lives. So be safe. I love you guys. See you next episode. Peace.
Hey.